Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner, 77 WABC. Good afternoon and welcome to The Middle. I'm Anthony Weiner. Before we start the show... I want to pay tribute to a regular listener that we lost this week. My dad, Morton Wiener, passed on at the age of 89. Actually, he was closer to 89 and a half. I'm sure he'd want the last six months of credit. He was a veteran of the Army, was in the Presidential Honor Guard. That's a diverse honor guard. And he would say that it had a little bit of everything. I say, Dad, what were you? Were you representing the Jewish community? He said, no, I was a guy from Brooklyn. He served as kind of the mayor of his block in Brooklyn, he was a lawyer. He was a Brooklyn boy through and through, went to Brooklyn College on the GI Bill, Lincoln High School, Mark Twain Junior High School. I don't know the elementary school. I bet you when Curtis comes in, he can tell us. He listened to the show every Saturday without fail with his good old-fashioned transistor radio, just the way so many of our listeners still do. And he would always check in afterwards to say, great show today. And then there would be a big pause after, or a respectful pause, I would call it. And then he would begin with his actual opinion which is usually something like a little bit too much music or that second caller was exactly right. He always included the words what you should have said at least one time when he was doing his review. And he always, it seemed, agreed with something that Curtis had said. And we weren't the Kennedys. We were just a middle-class family from Brooklyn. But I made it all the way to Congress and here on the shoulders of his common sense, his sense of humor, and his unfailing notion of standing up for the underdog. Morton Wiener will be missed, and I thank all the folks at Methodist Hospital who did just so much. With their love and help, my dad was able to leave this earth with dignity and comfort. All the nurses and the staff at the ICU, you know, being there every day, I realize that if you choose to work with the sickest and most difficult cases, it's because you're kind of like a, a cop that wants to be in the most dangerous precinct. You really want to be there to do the most. They care the most, and all of them were amazing. Um, they always treated us like family, Felix Kusid, uh, Brian Hood, and, and uh, Rob Gudmano, who is, the, I think, the president of the hospital, Drs. Latifi and Drs. Katri, and especially Dr. Minkin. They just treated him really great. And today, when Curtis and I go off the air, I won't be getting his call, but I'll know I'll always be able to call on his memory. Now, let's get on with the show. Good afternoon, I'm Anthony Weiner, 
still. Thank you for meeting me in the middle, an hour every Saturday at 2 o'clock when we take some steps away from the hot takes of the far left and the far right. And we try to bring some context to the news of the week or maybe a subject that doesn't find its way into the middle of the conversation enough. I'm going to be with you until 3 o'clock when Curtis Lee comes in for left versus right. We're going to talk a little bit about this idea that everyone should pitch in and take some of these migrant families in, except how come the mayor's not? How come all of these religious leaders aren't? Curtis has been having fun with this all week. I kind of agree with him on a lot of it. I hate when I do that. You can listen to us on 770 on your AM dial, or you can download the app, or you can listen to us on wabcradio.com. If you're a little late reaching the show or you can't make it in time, you can hear it as a podcast on the Red Alpha Podcast Network. If you want to get a hold of me, the best way to do it is 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Elias will be taking your calls today. We have Christian on the board, Kevin, who's kind of supervising everything. And like I said, it's great to have you along. At Rep Wiener is my Twitter handle, if Twitter's still functioning, wienerabc at gmail.com. And it is so great to have you along. It's a lovely Saturday out there. I know the Canadian smog seems to have passed. I think we got a wee bit hysterical. I was occupied with other things, but it seemed like we got a wee bit hysterical. Jordan's school was even closed on Thursday. He was thrilled with it until he found out that the deal is if you're closed because of smog, it means you can't go outside and run around on the soccer field. Maybe we got a little bit out over our skis on it, but I know. I Look, I took this picture off the roof of our building, and it came. It looked orange. I mean, it, was just, it was orange out there. I don't know why the Canadians are attacking us. We've been nothing but nice to them. As we're, as we're recording, I'm missing uh, Jordan's – Jordan's playing a house league. As you know, he plays hockey. He's in a house league, four teams, and they're playing the um, first round today. And if he wins, then they go to the championship tomorrow. Uh, Huma is there. She sent me a, um, a screenshot of the scoreboard that says 9-6 in the third period, but she didn't tell me <laughs> whether we're home or guests, so I'm not really sure how he's doing, but it's going to be close. You know, one of the things about that league is – is, um, you know, they score goals by the bunches. They go up and down the ice and score a lot. A uh, little bit of an update on my health. I know you're probably getting tired of hearing about it. I have a pinched nerve. I had an MRI. I have a pinched nerve. And, uh, yes, for the 90 or so people who wrote or texted or emailed and said they think that's what I have, I have more I have more amateur doctors in our audience than anything. Yes, it was a pinched nerve. Yes, you told me so. Even though my therapist says that he thinks I'm holding the pain of my father. My brother kind of thinks. He said there's this book called The The Body Keeps the Score, and maybe there's something to that. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit better today. Um, but we all know, anyone within the sound of my voice knows the real reason I've got a pain in my back or a pain in my leg. It's because the Mets, man, oh, man. I mean, you can't go into Atlanta and get sweat. You just can't do it. They just don't seem like a team that can – they're not a winning team. It's such a, I don't have to put a finger on it. I mean, it's, you can look at the different things in their lineup that are going wrong. I think Curtis has something to say about this too because at the same time the Mets – the Yankees seem to have gotten straightened out and then Judge goes on the IR and you start to think, uh-oh. Anyway, we, you know, we usually at this point we do numbers of the week. And there are a lot of ways to find numbers in the indictment of Donald Trump. But I'm just going to do one. Um, and the one is 49, and that is the 49 pages of the indictment. And the reason I picked that is that, you know, a lot of the people who are jumping to the president's defense are not saying he didn't do it. 
They're saying that the Bidens are out to get him. They're saying the weaponizing of government. They're saying we're going to get you. They're going to say Hillary Clinton. But they're not saying he didn't do it because I think those people have read the 49 pages. By the way, it's not even a real 49 because a lot of times like with reads like a like a screenplay because they have transcripts of calls. There's a lot of pages that are just what the penalties are and things like that. It's an easy read. I mean, it tells a story that doesn't really rely on a lot of complex theory. You know, it's not like the indictment in New York, the Bragg indictment, where you had to kind of understand the state law and how it intercedes with the federal law. You have to understand how business records get you to campaign finance rules. It's not like the case of Gene Carroll, where you had to fill in the blanks and decide which of the he said, she said you believe, and you have to get the interpretation under the law of what rape is and what sexual assault is. The 49 pages are really about two things. Make it as simple as possible. A bunch of them are about the rule of law, like what you've got to do when you're dealing with the cops. And the other is about our national security. And the rule of law part, I mean, again, I'm making this very simple. You've probably heard a great deal about it here on the radio. You've probably read a great deal about it. I must admit, because of my spending a lot of time doing other things this week, I didn't get a chance to listen to the radio an enormous amount. So I don't know how people have been playing it, to be honest. You can you can cue me in. You can call at 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222, and Elias will put you up on the board. But the rule of the law part is that for some reason, Donald Trump took stuff he shouldn't have had, hid it, ordered other people to make efforts to hide it, lied about it, tried to get other people to lie about it. And the evidence doesn't come from... I don't know, Joe Biden. It doesn't come from Merrick Garland. It doesn't even come from the special prosecutor. Like he doesn't say, here's the theory of the case. If you read the 49 pages, the evidence all came from the people closest to Donald Trump, his staff, his lawyers, or his own words and actions. You know, when someone, you know, says move those boxes before the lawyers get there, that's on the record now. Now someone has testified to that. And I just want to reiterate, something that I've said several times when these cases have come up. Donald Trump is presumed innocent of all of these things. That's the way this works. And I have said, I didn't, you know, speculation this. I said last week, I said it was the worst week for Donald Trump because of that recording that came out. But if you're pressed for time and you can only read like a portion of it, you don't want it, you can't squeeze in all 49 pages. Read about the parts about the danger to our nation. Pages 28 to 33 starts at, it's labeled the willful retention of national defense information. And this is where they talk about the documents that were found in the bathroom, in the shower, in the president's desk. Documents that have different codes on them for things like concerning White House intelligence briefing related to various foreign countries. Um, concerning the military capabilities of a foreign country and the United States with a handwritten annotation in black marker. Document relating to the military capabilities of a foreign country. Communications with a leader of a foreign country. How about this one? Document concerning the nuclear capabilities of a foreign country. Document concerning, I'm reading the different documents, documents concerning the military attack 
by a foreign country. A document concerning the military capabilities of a foreign country and how we would respond to those capabilities if attacked. You know, I mean, that stuff is scary. And, you know, you've seen the pictures in the newspapers by now. What if, I mean, some people have said this as a joke. If you work for an enemy power of the United States and you didn't get access to these and steal them somehow or find them somehow, you should be fired. Your country should fire you. They're sitting in bathrooms in Mar-a-Lago. I mean, that's the scary stuff. This is national security. The Republican Party, the party of national security, this is the scary stuff. And I mentioned last week that Donald Trump had a real problem because of a leak that there was an audio tape of the president talking about uh, showing a top-secret document that he had people to know that he that he knew he said in this in this in 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 the in the audio tape that he knew that those people had no clearance to see it, and then he goes on to say this is page fifteen and sixteen goes on to say that he knows it's illegal. This is the part where he's being interviewed by two people because they're working on a book and he's flashing a document. Now it doesn't say this is Trump talking now. Well, the senior official, this is Millie. We now know. Uh, let me see that. I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack country A, which we know is Iran from the leaks. Isn't it amazing? We have a big pile of paper, and this thing just came up. Look, this was him. The president, they presented this to me. This was off the record, but they presented This was him. This was the Department of Defense. And the writer says, wow. And then he says, I I just found it. Isn't it amazing? It totally wins my argument. And the staff says, "Uh uh-huh. And then Donald Trump says, this is Donald Trump, except It's like highly confidential, and then everyone in the room laughs. And then Trump says, secret, this is secret information. Look at this, the attack and, and then he's interrupted. And then he goes on to say, the staffer says, he says to the staffer, this this is done by the military and given to me. Uh, I think we probably can write, like I don't know what he's showing it to. Then the staffer says, I don't know, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to try to. And then Trump jumps in and says, declassify it. And then since it says, see, as president, I could have declassified it. All right. You've heard some version of this before. He's showing war plans with Iran to someone who had no, I mean. Look, just read it. And if people say, well, what about Biden? Well, Biden is being investigated. He had, he had documents, too. And if he did any of these things, I guarantee my hand to God, if he did any of these things, I would say, just as I would say these things are outrageous too, he's being investigated by an independent prosecutor, a Republican, who was the U.S. attorney under Trump, and he clerked for William Rehnquist. He's a Republican. He's investigating Biden. There's no evidence that when Biden got the stuff, he tried to hide it. There's no evidence that when Biden got the stuff, he told people to lie about it. There's no evidence of any of these other things. But we'll see. And people say, what about Hillary? How can we Remember what Hillary's was emails. Classified documents that are marked classified can't move over email. They have a high side email account and a low side. This was her private email account. The thing with with Hillary, and believe me, I know, I'm showing up in all these stories because I know, the thing with Hillary are things that should not have been shared but were not yet more classified. They were just basically things like schedules and everything else. And when the inspector general went and looked at it and when they added up everything they think, there were five documents 
that, that were classified, should have been marked classified, that were not. They were marked classified after they were turned over to the State Department. So that's not analogies. So, I mean, look, listen, listen carefully to the people that are defending all of this. They're not saying he didn't do it. <laughs> and if you want to call in and say they are out to get him, the deep state, whatever, fine, I'm, I'm here for that. But I'm going to ask back to you, do you think he did it? And we have a trial system and a jury system and a court system that's going to learn that. And if you think he did it, that should make you sick. Hey, it's so great to have you along on the middle today. A beautiful Saturday afternoon out there. We got a lot more to come, including some Republicans who are actually criticizing Donald Trump and what they have to say. We'll see you on the other side. It's the middle. It's the middle with Anthony Weiner. It's the middle with Anthony Weiner on WABC. I know Anthony Weiner for a long time. He was a really bad guy. Taking a step back to look at things with a new perspective. Anthony Weiner, um, I'm not a big fan. It's the middle with Anthony Weiner. There's no business like show business like no business I know. Everything about it is appealing. Everything that traffic will allow. Nowhere could you get that happy feeling when you are stealing that So welcome back to The Middle. I'm Anthony Weiner. That is Ethel Merman, of all people, bring us back in. And the reason I'm playing that, again, not to get, you know, not to make the show all about my dad, but he would frequently... Um, he would like play for us like these classic songs from here, you know, whatever it is. And my brothers and I would like roll our eyes and we would whatever. I know all the words to that song. <laughs> and sometimes I find myself like singing it. And and it's, it's true of, 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 of the next one we're, we're going to play during the next break, um, which is Give My Regards to Broadway. It's these things. There's no reason a kid who grew up in the 70s or 80s would know. But my dad would do this thing where, like, if there was a classic movie on TV or a classic song or a musical or something else, he'd call us all in. And he would not be quiet. He'd say, come on in, Ella. Watch this. Look at this. Oh, this is classic, whatever it is. Anyway, so that's what that song is about. We're talking about the the indictment. I mean, it's a heavy thing. I mean, not to be, you know, not to switch gears too, too quickly on you. But it is a heavy thing when a former president of the United States and a present presidential candidate gets indicted. 800-84-WABC, 800-84-89222. And like Kevin and, Kevin and I were talking about this before the show. He's like, well, what do you think is going to wind up happening, campaigning under indictment? And I'm like thinking I'm going to all of my Rolodex of, of, of experience and my 20-some-odd years as an elected official and my years working in politics. And I realized, like, who the heck knows? Like, who knows what that's going to be like? We have a little experience of it in other countries, you know, Italy in, uh, indicted their their prime minister. France indicted their prime minister. Israel indicted their prime minister. It's not like there's no precedent in the world. This happens. Frankly, people say oh, it looks bad for democracy. I don't know. It looks pretty good. It shows that literally no one is above the law. And when President Trump or his supporters say if it can happen to him, it can happen to you, you're darn right. 
If you take, if you have access to confidential and to top secret information, and you take an oath to the Constitution, and you are leaving them around your country club, yep, it can happen to you. You can get indicted too. But the, um, you know, look, it, it is, it, it's unprecedented. I don't know how it's going to look. The the president's going to say, "I want a speedy trial." Baloney. He wants to drag this out as long as possible. He wants to get elected, and then he wants to try to pardon himself. I mean, that's his. I bet you that's his game plan. And I think that Jack Smith is going to say, we're ready to go whenever you are, Mr. President. Now, it's not the, – the responses are not coming down universally along party lines. You know, I saw the National Review, which is kind of like the Bible of, of right-wing conservatism, an old line. It's the, this is the old school. And their headline is, the Trump indictment is damning. And there are some people – like, look, even his even his own defender, even his own Bob Barr, the guy that defended him and lied about the Mueller report, he had a pretty sober take. Look, this is a pretty long take, and pretty and and it's a pretty long cut. But this is Bob Barr, the former Attorney General of the United States. Based on the facts, as the facts come out, I think over time people will see that this is not a case of the Department of Justice, you know, conducting a witch hunt. In fact, they approached this very delicately and with deference to the president. And this would have gone nowhere had the president just returned the documents. But he jerked them around for a year and a half. And the question is, did he deceive them? And if there's evidence of that, uh, I think people will start to see that this says more about Trump than it does the Department of Justice. And that is that uh, he's so egotistical that he has this penchant for, for conducting, you know, risky, reckless acts to show that he can sort of get away with it. It's part of asserting his, his, mm-hmm. his ego. And he's done this repeatedly at the expense of all the people who depend on him to conduct the public's business in an honorable way. And, you know, we saw that with both impeachments. And there's no excuse for what he did. So that's a pretty damning thing. That's Bob Barr. And that's and that's him defending basically the institution of the Justice Department. Um, it's pretty bad. I mean, it's pretty bad. And if someone, you know, if, if I'm listening, I'm going to listen when the president speaks today. I'm going to listen when he's interviewed by Roger Stone on Roger's new show here tomorrow. I believe it's at three o'clock. I'm going to hear if he says I didn't do it. If he says I didn't do it, I'll be interested. I mean, if he says they're just out to get me or look at look at. Look at Joe Biden. That'll be a little bit of a tell. Let's go to some calls. I know people want to have their say on this as always. Let's go to Bob in Oceanside to start us off. Hey, Bob. Anthony, good afternoon. Good afternoon. 100% wrong, Anthony. Listen, every president has taken documents and leaked at some point in their career. Okay? you got to understand something. Every prosecutor that's gone after Trump since he's got out of office, right, has been a Democrat. They don't like this man. This just alienates his base even more to come out for him. We all know now there was a BS election. But, Bob, let me ask you, let me, let me interrupt you. Just ask about whether he – can I ask you, if he did the things that are in the indictment, should, that would be bad, right? No, because he's the president of the United States. He can declassify no. what he wants. No, 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 no. These are docu- – none of this – none of this has to do with his, his ability to classify. This is how he – he held in control documents he wasn't supposed to hold in control. The declassifying, even he admits he didn't declassify the, the Iranian war plans. If he did what he's accused of in the indictment, he broke the law. Do you think he did it? Let, no. Let me ask you a question. Sure. When Barack Obama left, left office, where did his records go? To a warehouse. 
right? Right, right. The presidential, this is not about presidential records. There's nothing in the indictment about presidential records. He doesn't have any. Listen, Anthony, he's going to be exonerated. He's going to be the 40, 40. He should have been the 46th and 47th president of the United States because we're a, really a declining nation, a laughing stock of the world. You've got a vice president that held stuff in his garage who took documents. Right. I've heard. I Listen, Bob, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for calling and call us again. But listen to what Bob just did. Obama. Uh-uh. Obama, that's on the presidential record. There's not a single indictment under this, under how you control presidential records. This is about classified documents and the special laws that we have on dealing with them. Then Bob went to, well, Biden did. Biden is being investigated. There's no sign that Biden did any of the things that are alleged here in the Trump indictment. But if the special prosecutor come back and said that he did, I would be on him with both boots, too. And then he moves to the country in decline. That ain't the way it goes here. This is a legal process here. And what Bob just laid out has been kind of the template for how people have been defending him. If he did the things in the indictment, that's what this legal process is going to bear out. Let's see. Colleen in Atlantic Highlands. Colleen, thank you so much for joining us. Um, hello? Hello, Colleen. Go ahead. We have you. Hi. Okay, real quick. The first thing is one question, and I have another, so just bear with me. Any possibility of a gag order, number one, and number two. On who, Colleen? On, on, on Trump. And, you know, carrying on about this through the trial. No. no well, like, hey, he has a First Amendment right to yell from the top of the rooftops that he didn't do it. He's a presumed innocent. He's going to come on. Here, turn, turn down your radio a little bit, Colleen. He has the, 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 the right to do it, the ability to do it. If he wants to yell and scream, but I want to tell you something, and I think people understand this. I'm not a lawyer, but, you know, I know this. If he comes on the Roger Stone show tomorrow and he says something, believe me, the prosecutors are going to be listening and they're going to play it in court if it contradicts anything he says on the stand. So he's got to be a, a little bit a little bit careful. Uh, next, let's go to Jim in my old neighborhood of Forest Hills. Hey, Jim. Yeah. Uh, good afternoon. Before I get to my main comment, I uh, just want to point out a resource if you want to understand all this madness with CRT and cultural uh, Marxism going on in our institutions and the media. Pick up The Culture of Critique by Dr. Kevin McDonald. Again, it goes into all the left-wing ideology that's really pervading our society and bringing it down right now. What is what uh, is CRT, just to educate our audience? Yeah, it's, it's called uh, critical race theory. And, 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 uh, where is that, and, that's, and that's taught? Where is that taught? That's taught in our schools. It's, it's taught not, no, no, it's taught in our colleges. Yes, that, that's what I meant by our schools. Yeah, but these are college kids. College kids are quite, I'm, I'm, they're yeah. taught, they're taught Marxism, they're taught socialism, they're taught capitalism, they're taught all kinds of things. I mean, you, you, you don't want them to be, what, is there something uh, fearful? You, 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 you're afraid of some idea that, that perhaps slavery played some part in our history, that perhaps the slave trade played some part in our history, that perhaps the civil rights movement played some part in our history. That's what CRT is. CRT is not like people who use CRT as some boogeyman. First of all, they're implying that it's taught in this in the in the, the lower levels, um, the, 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 the schools like our elementary school or my son, Jordan, at age 11. It's taught in colleges. 
It's a theory. It's the theory of how you look at the creation of laws. And if you don't think that the reconstruction should be taught, you don't think civil rights should be taught, all right, you don't like CRT. Listen, we come back, we have a lot more Trump to do. When we come back, we have something else, though. We have three people who are in the Republican primary as of last week who actually are taking runs at Donald Trump, and you're going to hear how that sounds. It's the middle. I'm Anthony Weiner. Thank you so much for joining us. Finding new ways to make change, reaching across the aisle to work with both sides. Before all this happened, Anthony Weir, he was fantastic. That guy could have been the president. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner. But Weiner may be my greatest challenge yet. He has gone toe-to-toe with many pundits before me. On WABC. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all-natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Reaching across the aisle to work with both sides. Before all this happened, Anthony Weir, he was fantastic. That guy could have been the president. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner. But Weiner may be my greatest challenge yet. He has gone toe-to-toe with many pundits before me. On WABC. Upon a foreign shore When the good ships Just about to start For old New York Once more With tear-dimmed eye They say goodbye Their friends without a doubt When the man on the pier Shouts let them clear As the ship strikes out Give my And George Cohen, give my regards to Broadway. Another song in honor of my late father, Mort Wiener. He would sing that one, too. And for some reason, I know how to sing it now. By osmosis, I guess. And I sing it from time to time for Jordan, (laughs) like when we're on the subway. And we're coming up, but we're on the Broadway line. I would sing that. And, uh, you know, you... When you're a teenager or a kid, you say, oh, Dad, you roll your eyes, and then you find yourself doing those things. So um, we're talking about this Trump indictment, and um, I've been interested, as I said, to listen to how people are talking about it. Um, I, you know, I watched MSNBC a little bit yesterday. There, I mean, man, oh, man. They've got a panel of, like, nine people all talking at once. You know, they could – they're loving it all because that's, you know, their thing is. And the Republicans are basically breaking down into three camps. There's the one camp that is saying, what about Hillary? What about Joe Biden? What about Hunter Biden? What about that guy over there? There's another camp that's saying weaponization of the government and those people, and some of those people are saying we're going to get revenge or whatnot. There are some level-headed kind of old-timey Republicans, and I play, you know, I told you about the National Review, I've played you Bob Barr. Now there's a third group, and they're people who are running against Donald Trump and who are trying to figure out um, what kind of a tone to take. And this week, while we weren't paying much attention to them, there are three new candidates for the Republican nomination for president of the United States. 
Now, we're going to play a little parlor game here. I'm going to play a mashup um, that Christian made of those three candidates. Let's see if you can recognize their voice. I'll tell you who they are, and then I want to talk a little bit about the subtle differences in the way they're tackling the problem of how do you talk about the faraway frontrunner, the popular frontrunner, Donald Trump. Listen to this. Self-consumed, lonely, self-consumed, self-serving, mirror hog is not a leader. It's not amusing anymore. It's not entertaining anymore. It is the last of a bitter, angry man who wants power back for himself, not for you. He may deserve to know that on that day President Trump ended, that I choose between him Now voters will be faced with the same choice. I chose the Constitution, and I always will. But I had no right to overturn the election. And Kamala Harris will have no right to overturn the election when we beat them in 2024. Both Trump. Growing up in a small town, you learn quickly the enemy isn't each other. Our enemies aren't our neighbors down the street. Our enemies are countries that want to see our way of life destroyed. In a country built on neighbors helping neighbors, we become a country of neighbors fighting neighbors. We should all be fighting to unite the country against our common enemies like China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, and the drug cartels. All right. So the first one was Chris Christie. The second one was Mike Pence. And the third one, I seriously, you are, you win the, you win the prize if you know who the third one is. The third one is a guy named Doug Burgum. He is the governor of North Dakota. That guy is so unknown, only, he only has, he only has 6% name ID in South Dakota. But there are three slightly different ways those guys are going about trying to challenge Donald Trump that I think are interesting. Chris Christie is just going full attack dog. And although we didn't have any sound of it today, in the last four or five hours, he you know had an interview in the New York Times where he just goes after Trump also on the indictment. And he's a former prosecutor and says this is a very strong case, that he's disgusted by it, et cetera. So he's going full attack dog. Mike Pence has come out and he is attacking the president, although subtly, about January 6th. But he is one of these guys that's saying weaponization of government. He's kind of hedging his bets by saying, you know, he's um, he's a pro-Trump guy by saying he's the he thinks that this is the the deep state trying to get Donald Trump. And Doug Burgum, Doug Burgum is like a 1980s Republican. He talks about the economy. He talks about small government. He talks about lower taxes. He talks about smart immigration that helps businesses and stuff like that. He's an old-timey Republican. Now, I don't know how far you get in today's Republican Party, being the governor of, South, of North Dakota, that is unknown doing that, but that's what he's doing. And I haven't seen anything that he said about the indictment. But it's an interesting thing because the question that's going to come up for Chris Christie, who's going to, who's all about – what a what a, a a jerk Donald Trump is! Is Chris Christie enabled all this? Chris Christie was the first major endorsement that that the first guy that ran against Trump that that stepped down and endorsed him. He ran his transition committee. 
He just sounds like a guy who's who's a lover scorned because he didn't get anything good in the administration. And Mike Pence, Mike Pence is trying to be half pregnant. Either you think the guy, he was doing all of these, you know, the Donald Trump was doing all these things assaulting the Constitution when you were there as his vice president. If you think that what he did on, on January 6th was, a, was enabling an assault on our country, how can you not just go, how do you now like hedge about it? This was a guy you enabled. Now, Doug Burnham didn't enable anyone because, frankly, no one knows who he is. But another thing all these guys have in common, between them, you probably don't have 5% or 6% in the polls against Trump. They're kind of like gnats, you know, swarming around an elephant. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how you run against Donald Trump, to be honest with you. Today's Republican Party, where I bet you he, his polls are going up right now within his primary base and they're plummeting among independents. I don't know how you run against them. So let's go back to the calls, do a few more calls before we uh, we wrap up at 3 o'clock. Curtis Lee will comes in for left versus right. We're going to talk about the ongoing migrant crisis, talk about the, the, the swooning of the, I don't even know how big the Mets payroll is, $600 million? I don't even know. But let's go, uh, let's go back to the calls. Let's go to Jack in Long Island. Jack, thank you for hanging on. Hi, Anthony. I'm so glad that your voice is being heard again. I am a conservative Republican from Blue Point, and uh, I know, but I am not a right-wing wacko. I love the name of your show, The Middle. I know you are a liberal Democrat, but I also know that you're not a left-wing lunatic. Uh, truth and reality is always on the playing field of life, and it used to be that we would meet on the 50-yard line and shake hands before the game. The government has lost that ability now. You're helping to bring it back. I listen to you every week, and I'm so glad that your voice is being heard. Thank you, Jack. My suggestion, I, 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 you're so articulate and you're so smart. It's just a joy. In many ways, I view you the same way I view Trump. I don't agree with half of what Trump says, but I agree with the other half. And I don't agree with half of what you say, but I agree with the other half. And that's why your your voice in the middle is so important. It's so critical that you stay on the air. And I hope John Kesmatidis by CNN, I hope he gives you your own show, because I think you'll run it like it ought to be run. Well, thanks. So what do you think about the news of the day? Okay. I think Biden should pardon Trump and himself about the, the documents. And the reason I think that is because Biden – now, remember, I have no interest in Biden repeating as president. However, it would be a brilliant move on his part because in pardoning both Trump and himself, that whole issue goes away. He can now be the great father. He can now be the great leader. He can now be lead the country into forgiveness since the liberal left forgives everybody for everything they do. And it will diffuse the rights argument. It'll It'll – It'll not allow them to ignite the right uh, to support Trump. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. I have seen this, and Jack, I really appreciate the kind words. And and I have seen this floated. I think Joe Manchin might have floated it. And I've given this a little bit of thought. And I think it's an idea worth considering under one circumstance, under one condition. that, And that's the condition that probably Donald Trump would have to agree to as part of any plea bargain with the state. And that is that Donald Trump agrees not to run for president, not to run for any office again. 
because the crimes that he's alleged to have committed are so injurious to the United States, showing war plane, you know, leaving out war plans, things like this. This is the Espionage Act. If Joe Biden says, all right, I am going to pardon you, I think it has to be in the same category that a plea bargain would be. On the other side, Donald Trump says, and I will agree never to be in a position to make this mistake again or make this do this crime again because I won't have access to classified documents. So I think that might be a reasonable way to do it. But I don't, you know, Donald Trump sometimes says, and, and the, the cut that was played during the news thing, you know, like they are, they're cut, there's two types of justice out here. There are one for Republicans and one for Democrats. And, and, and this can happen to you, too. Look, we want people to believe that they, if they commit this crime, that they're going to go to jail. That's the way they should feel. And I am someone, you know, I'm someone that went to prison. I was prosecuted by under Republican administration. I, I accept that the justice system is. I, I accept the, the, I accept my responsibility. I accept responsibility for what I did. I don't think they should have charged me. I don't think they should have sent me to prison. I don't think that I, you know, whatever. But, but I accept that, 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 that's part of my paying my, my, paying my, my due, my debt to, to society. If you're going to say Donald Trump should be pardoned, I don't think it's a crazy idea, but I do think it has to be hand in hand with Donald Trump saying, well, I'm not going to I'm not going to run again. Let's go to Austin in Levittown. Hey, Austin, thank you for joining in. Hello, Anthony. A pleasure to speak with you. My pleasure. It's Augustine. Augustine, forgive me. Yeah, I was having trouble talking to your operator. Uh, so the question is, did he do it? Yes, he did it. I, obviously, I hear the tape. But what was it? It was bolster his ego. I'm sure other presidents have done that. I'm sure you have. Uh, 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 what's your wife's name, Adima? No. Uh, Huma. 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 I may have shown you something or spoke about something. The thing is, no foul, no hurt. Nobody's injured. Well, how do you put Augustine? Let me, wait a minute. How do we know? Well, let's get the guy from the press. Uh, who he showed it to, the reporter. Where is that? No, 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 but Augustine, and I appreciate the call, and I appreciate it. First of all, let me just say a couple of things about myself, is that I have been in top-secret skiffs, which are these places where you look at top-secret documents, and after a few of those briefings, I, after a couple of years, I said, I'm not doing them anymore because I knew they were showing me documents just because they knew that would stop me from talking about an issue. So I stopped taking those briefings. And, with the, with, and, and then... When I was advocating for Jonathan Pollard to get to be pardoned, and they kept saying it's these top secret documents that you don't know exist, and that's why you're advocating for them. If you only knew what we had, you wouldn't think that. And I finally said to them, "All right, show me the top secret documents." And they turned out to be complete bull. And in terms of, and, and in terms of Huma, remember when Huma um, was um, Huma had access to things. I want to tell you something. Not only didn't she show them to me, not only wouldn't she talk to me about them. Sometimes she wouldn't even be in the same room. Um, when, I mean, there, there was a time I remember we were away on vacation and she had to take, um, uh, a, a protected call and a guy shows up in a suit and tie. We were away somewhere like in the Bahamas, where were we? Turks and Caicos somewhere. A guy shows up at our doorstep in a suit and tie carrying a briefcase and escorted her away to take the call. And the call was taken under supervision and everything else. So she took it very seriously. I take it very seriously. And in my experience in Congress, most people take it very seriously. You sign a document under the penalty of, of like 30 years in prison to agree not to talk to these things. And by the way, 
Marjorie Taylor Jones, just, uh, what is her name? Marjorie Taylor what? What's her name? Kirsten Marjorie Taylor Green. Marjorie Taylor Green. She just came out and said that she took notes from a classified document she saw about Hunter Biden and then came out and gave a briefing on it. That's a violation of the law. So we take that stuff very seriously. But hold on a second. One thing I want to get to before we get to the break is Augustine said, well, no harm, no foul. We have no idea. Why do we think that our, that our enemies didn't get access to it? It was in a shower room. It was in a, 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 a bathroom at Mar-a-Lago. Not under guard, not under lock, not under anything. The, the boxes had collapsed onto the floor. If, the, if, if our CIA, I mean, if, if we, if, if she in China had, was holding documents in that way and we didn't get them, I would say fire the CIA. Why do we think we don't have access? I guarantee one thing today is going on. Our war planners are going back to the drawing board on all of these things because they have to assume these documents are out there now. This is not playtime. This is serious stuff. This is the Espionage Act. These are our top secret documents lying on the floor of a bathroom in a golf club. How do we not agree, everyone agree, that was that would be terrible if it's true? Now, we have to. Uh, um, um, Trump is innocent until found guilty. He gets the presumption of innocent. But to read that indictment, if you read that indictment and say, I believe this is true, you should be outraged. And we'll be right back in the middle to wrap up, and then we go to Curtis Lee for Left versus Right. It's been a great show. It's been a show we're doing in honor of my uh, the memory of my late father, Mort, who we laid to rest yesterday. It's so great to have you on this beautiful Saturday day. And for those of you keeping score, Jordan lost his game, but he, he played pretty well, I hear. We'll see you on the other side. It's the middle with Anthony Weiner. It's the middle with Anthony Weiner on WABC. I know Anthony Weiner for a long time. He was a really bad guy. Taking a step back to look at things with a new perspective. Anthony Weiner, um, I'm not a big fan. It's the middle with Anthony Weiner. Welcome back to the middle. I'm Anthony Weiner. That's the army goes rolling on. My dad was in the presidential honor guard in the United States Army. Going through his things, we saw some amazing pictures of him, and uh, he passed from this realm wearing his dog tags. He would get really pissed off when I would tell him that the the Air Force marching song was much better. Through the wild blue yonder, fly away. He would get very defensive about that. Um, we're doing this episode in honor of my late father, Mort Wiener, who passed away at the age of 89. He was a big listener. So if my ratings dip this week, I want to say to Chad and to John and Margo Montetetsmatiz, it's because um, one less person is sitting there with their transistor radio. So we're talking about the the indictment, and I am trying to I'm trying to separate out a little bit of the different. You know, it is totally. First of all, and I said it now twice. I'm going to say it three times, so no one accuse me of not saying it. He is innocent until until uh, he's presumed innocent until found guilty. 
He's going to have a chance. He's, gonna, he's a multimillionaire. He'll have great lawyers, although they're quitting left and right. He has great lawyers. He'll be able to make the case. He's got the bully pulpit like no man on earth. He's going to be able to shry from the rooftops as much as he wants. He's going to have an opportunity to say, I didn't do these things. But that is what this comes down to. I read the indictment. It is not long. I beg of you to read it, those of you who are interested in this case. You know, they're out to get him. This is Biden, whatever, to read the indictment. Read how they know, the, you know, read who testified to what. Read the indictment. And the indictment's just one side of the argument. It's one hand. It's just one hand clapping. There, like I said, there might be. But read it and say to yourself, if these things are true, put it by person X. Maybe that, hey, this is what you should do. Cross out Donald Trump. Put John Jones and say, if these things are true, this is outrageous and we should throw the book at this guy. Really? I mean, that's the way to look at it. Now, if you want to do this other stuff, what about Hillary? I see the Chris is on the board. Maybe we'll take Chris next. What about Hillary? What about Hunter? What about Joe? Hey, that's fine. That's fine. You know, they, they say if you have the law, pound the law. If you have the, the facts, pound the facts. If you have neither, pound the desk. That's the pound the desk crew. <laughs> but... Um, but if, if you look at this indictment, and I did, it's not a long read. It's devastating. And like I said, I want to hear from, from all sides. Let's go to Chris in East Chester. Chris, welcome back. Yeah, hi, Anthony. I have a question Excuse me about the Clinton emails. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, email communication is not a legal form of communication. You have no obligation to open it, to respond to it. You could delete it completely from your server. So, you know, uh, I, I think... Um, that is a factor in uh, uh, why uh, Clinton was not I- indicted. Or no, no, she wasn't indicted because there's a State Department email system, state.gov, and then there's Google, then there's Hotmail, then there's these other things. And she was getting her mail, just like Colin Powell did, at HillaryClinton.com, at, at her own email address. But I want to make something very clear that my Republican, like the critics of Hillary frequently forget. There was no classified stuff going to HillaryClinton.com. That is something called a high-side computer and a low-side computer. The high-side, there was two screens at Huma's desk. One was stuff that were classified that has, that's not attached to the world in any way. It's entirely inside. It's a closed case. Most documents are paper documents in, in government. And then there's the low-side. What are you doing for dinner? What's my schedule tomorrow? What's my yoga? And... Some of those things that got sent on that were things that should have been saved by the government because they were going to government agencies. But here's the catch. The sender of them was saving of them, so they had them on a government agent. So, look, it was a BS thing. It always was. There's never anything there. It certainly isn't violations of the Espionage Act, violations of, like, you know, the, the, the things that are supposed to protect our government. Completely different. I don't know if Curtis Lee was going to agree. Let's hear when he comes on at 3 o'clock on Left versus Right. It's so great to have you along. It's so great that you uh, have obliged me as I have dedicated some stuff to my late dad, Mort. Um, I'm deeply grateful for you, my audience. I'm deeply grateful to have this opportunity every Saturday, and we'll see you on the other side.
Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.